Welcome to the Growth Minded Accountant Podcast, where our experts will share best practices on running your firm in the digital age. This podcast is brought to you by CountingWorks Pro. Let's get started. All right. Thank you for joining us today for another edition of the Growth Minded Accountant. My name is Lee Reams with CountingWorks. I am the founder and CEO. And we've been working with tax and accounting professionals for many years and really establishing the best practices and how to grow, run, and save time with their practices. So today's discussion, our podcast topic is, uh, we're taking this off a blog article I just wrote and published uh, last week, I think. It is called The Ultimate Guide to Websites for Accountants. So design, content, and SEO strategy. So we're going to talk, basically, we're going to talk about how to establish your brand, build a website that's going to create a significant uh, first impression, and then how do you optimize it? How do you get more people to come and, and travel to your website? Um, so I do have an expert here, our resident content and SEO and branding expert, our our, our copyright guru, so to speak. Uh, Rebecca, if you could say hello. Yeah. Hi, everybody. I'm excited to dive into this today. Um, so let's just start off with, you know, we're going to start off with the website. And um, you know, think of it as it's your modern day storefront, right? So it's your uh, what people see. You know, they're not going to your store or office as much anymore. But basically, what is that first impression they're going to get when they find and visit your website? Um, and what this is going to do is either going to turn clients on to you, or it's going to discourage them from contacting you. So just think of this too in in if a referral based business. If someone is referred to you and they Google your name, your website should hopefully come up first. Uh, if it's been indexed correctly, sometimes your LinkedIn profile or other things are outranking actually your website, which is not good. But once they get to your website, is you know what do they think? Do they feel? Uh, are you building trust? Are you building cre- credibility through uh, a well-crafted online experience? So that's kind of the way it starts. So uh, the idea here is if you build a uh, a nice professional website, um, you're going to attract more clients. You're going to be able to charge more money. You're going to get more referrals. You're going to retain the clients for life, and more importantly. You're going to attract better uh, staff, you know, partners. Think about this: if someone's looking to to join your practice and they go to your website and it is antiquated, it looks old, it's clunky, you know, the chance of them wanting to associate themselves with this brand are not very high. So we're going to start off on the podcast talking about the key elements of effective tax and accounting website design, and we're going to go over kind of a feature and then you know some of the reasoning behind it. And we're going to start with, and some of you, not everybody, has a modern designed website, right? So the reason we're going to talk to a lot of people um, is, hey, if you're going into this upcoming tax season and you have not established yourself with a, a high-end website, there's still plenty of time to get it done. So we're going to give you some different examples of what this website should include. So the first thing is it needs to be responsive and mobile-friendly. And what we mean by that is if you have your website set up and someone goes from a desktop to their mobile device or their iPad, they're getting a very consistent experience and everything is optimized to fit into that screen size. So when they're scrolling, they're still easily can read your copy. It still makes sense. The navigation works. Um, It's a big part about the user experience. And why this is important is Google some years ago, how long, and it's a few years ago, Rebecca, how long ago did they go mobile first? The May 2021 update. Okay. So we're years into this right now. So even on the ranking uh, side, if if your website is not responsive, if it's not built for mobile first, you're not going to rank as, it's a ranking signal. So you're not going to rank as high. So 
Um, understand issue one is, is my website responsive? So if you're listening to this podcast and you're looking at your website and you try to truncate your browser to a, a smaller size, so, you know, like to emulate an iPhone and it does not um, recreate itself in a nice readable format, then you're not responsive. So simple, let's we'll start there. Second thing is clear navigation. I often see websites that are just so overwhelmingly complicated they have almost too much content, too much navigation, too many layers down. Think about it. If you're looking on a iPhone, it's going to be very difficult and clunky for a user, right? So you don't want people to bounce right away. And the reason what we mean by bouncing, and actually, Rebecca, you can kind of share what this is, is bouncing is basically someone hits a page and leaves right away. And then what, what will Google do on that? So Google will assume that you don't have valuable content. They will assume that people don't want to stay on your website. Length of session is important. Um, one thing I always think about is your website should serve as your storefront. Like we said, it should make people want to contact you. So don't overwhelm people with information. Give them just enough. Give them a taste of what you can do for them. And then you want them to reach out via that contact form or give you a call. You don't want to overwhelm with too much information overload. Uh, most of your clients aren't going to understand this stuff fully. Having an actual conversation is going to be best anyway. All right. Perfect. I would have said the same thing, but let's get into the next one. Uh, so professional imagery. And I'm going to say not just um, professional like stock uh, photography. So if you have a somewhat a designer building your website, they're going to be able to find uh, images that follow your, your color scheme. They're going to find images that speak uh, emotionally to your target audience. Um, so A, invest in high-end photography um, or stock photography, but more importantly, we love people that showcase their own firm personality. So whether that be images of the building, the offices, the staff, the partners, everybody, you know, showing yourselves out in the community, those are great ways to really um, show some personality. So anytime you can personalize your website, um, make sure that you utilize it. What's great now is it, there's uh, uh, some AI tools now that can take general selfies and turn them into professional looking photography. We use a, a, a company called Snapper who comes out and actually will schedule time with a professional photographer. Uh, but there's a bunch of ways to do this, but do not um, try to go cheap on the photography. It, it, it's a great way to make a beautiful website look horrible and dated very quickly. Um, the next element is call to actions. And the reason I bring up call to actions, um, many websites, services, mostly I'm, I'm going to dig a little bit on our competition. They just go crazy with CTAs. And what this does is it's overwhelming to the eye. So a visitor has so many buttons, they don't know which button to click, right? So you want to have a primary and maybe a secondary CTA. Um, use, utilize and you can test different uh, verbiage. We're using uh, something that says one-to-one -one on a, a call just to see if we get higher click-through rates on things right now. But there's a lot of ways to really push A, that those CTA buttons stand out. And more importantly, um, that you don't have too many. So a well-designed site does not have six different CTAs. Okay. And if your site does today, you're just confusing your audience. You're going to get less conversions and people are going to bounce and, 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 and walk away. So Definitely um, think about the CTAs uh, when you're starting to build your site. So we're going to jump into now content and why, Rebecca, is content important to your website? Because content is king, everyone. Oh, 
<laughs> Always will be. No, content is very, very important. Not only are keywords going to help you rank higher on Google, but also from a user experience standpoint, the better your content is, the more engaging your content is, the more you're taking people on a journey with you when they visit your website, the more they can see the value that you're providing to them, the more likely they're going to be to convert. And at the end of the day, that is the point of a great website is getting new clients and getting the information about your brand and how you can help people out into the public eye. Um, There's a lot of content that should be on your website. Your homepage matters, your service pages. We'll get into all of this in a minute. And your About Us page are probably the most important three little sections that you're going to have on your site. Yeah, we find the bio about us page is the third most visited site or section. So yes, Rebecca, you let it in perfectly. So we're going to talk about homepage content first. Um, we have done a other podcasts and webinars on branding and understanding what your message is, what your unique selling proposition is, um, if you're targeting niche, how to communicate and how to position yourself there. But let's talk about your homepage content. Um it's you, you have just seconds. Human, what is it? Eight seconds, I think, the human attention. Um, and if they glance through something and nothing catches their eye, they're just going to roll through it. So one of the things we often see is homepages that are very cluttered without a message. So there's not either a target audience on it or some sort of pain point that I'm solving and messaging, whether that be with your images and or your copy, and it doesn't communicate very uh, quickly which makes a big deal. So Rebecca, when you work with our new clients, kind of get, again, we don't want to make this an hour long podcast today, but how do you walk them through how to develop with that homepage that just that first look should look like? Yeah. So very briefly, um, you definitely want to grab the eye, like Lee said, immediately people are bombarded with content 24 seven these days. If you're not standing out, you're not getting conversions. That's the long and the short of it. So I urge them to look at what their specialty is, look at what their niche is, appeal to your people. The more general you are, the less likely it is that you're going to attract the right audience. So if you have a specialization, if you have certain services you're really good at, you have a particular demographic you serve, highlight that, make that known from the get-go, and you're going to draw in the right clientele. Which leads into now the other pages. Um, Service pages. What we've been working on lately, uh, for those that are familiar with CountingWorks and our marketing and engagement automation platform, we have introduced uh, some AI tools into our product. And we've been working on different templates. And one of the ones that I've been working on the last few days are templates to write bios. You know, what are the questions? Because that's a difficult thing. If you don't have a copywriter, it's hard to write about yourself. Rebecca and our staff only have so much time. We're not sitting here as a copywriting company, but we figured out formulas on how to get our AI, CountyWorks Pro's AI, to write really compelling service pages, local SEO pages, bio pages, industry pages, and really put your personality in. So if you can do that, you're going to personalize your service pages so they stand out on Google. What you're seeing right now is the same old service page over and over and over again. So if you can give it some personalization, you can put in some of your pain points, maybe use some of the lingo. If it's, let's say it's a service page for some restaurant type uh, services. If you can use some of the lingo that you would see in the restaurant trade, that's going to personalize the, the copy. Um, it's going to make it stand out for Google. But also think about it. If your user is a restaurant and this is a virtual CFO uh, page and you're putting in some language that they're used to, it kind of connects with them, right? So you're trying to get a, 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 an emotional connection 
Um, each service page, one big mistake is putting all your services on one page. And Rebecca, real quickly, why do you, why is it important to have um, unique uh, service pages per service? So Google is going to index all of those service pages separately. That's the biggest reason. Um, and the more keyword rich each of those pages is, the higher it's going to index. So when people are searching for specific services, like let's just say you're in Boston, someone's looking for Boston virtual CFO services, that exact service page is likely to index. People will go directly to the information they need to know, and they're going to be more intrigued. They're not going to get bogged down in all this navigation. They're going to be right where they wanted to go from the start. Right. So if they are Boston restaurant virtual CFO, you want to take them to the content that's specific to that version. What she's saying is you don't go to a homepage or a service page that has 12 services and then you got to figure out where that is. So that is why that's important. We had talked about the about us um, bio pages is the third most uh, traffic pages. One of the biggest mistakes I see and even our own clients and we tell them, please put your pictures Please put your team here, show personality. And the reason we're telling you that is we have best performers. We have clients that show their personalities. They get a little wacky. I mean, they have team events, they're in costume. There's all kinds of, of, of clients of ours that really show their personality. It really matters. And we know if, if, if that's the third most trafficked area, consumers, your potential clients are obviously looking to read about this, right? They want to know, who am I working with? I, I don't want to be in this black box of you know who's helping me who's not so we want to be able to 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 see and connect and, and kind of you know figure it out so that's why that is so important definitely write bios for every team member highlight their qualifications experience areas of expertise put in personality put in what are what are their things they do in their free time make sure you have a high quality professional headshot what i was uh, talking about here is there are ai tools now that are able to literally take any selfie and turn it, and it's not um, overly filtered. It looks like you. So don't think that it's looking like, you know, one of these Kardashian images where it's all filtered and it's not really the human. This is real human being. So it's really important. Um, all right, so I'm gonna go to the next section in content. So that's blogging. So Rebecca, why are blogs so important for tax and accounting websites? Many reasons, but we'll just kind of go through them pretty quickly here. So for one thing, Google loves unique content. So if you're writing your own blogs, especially your own blogs, you're going to get indexed well. Google's going to say, wow, this person knows what they're talking about. They're putting out very valuable content. This is unique content. And that's going to help you earn authority in Google's eyes. Um, secondarily, from a user experience standpoint, very important to have high quality blogs because when people navigate there or end up on that page, it helps them develop trust in you and you know what you're talking about. You're putting out information that's helping them, that's giving them interesting facts, maybe things they didn't know, providing them with advice. That's an important thing to do, obviously, to just connect with people, give them something of value. And thirdly, uh, Google likes fresh content. So the more blogs you're pushing out or you're having pushed out for you, like at Counting Works, we do some auto posting as well on the blog front. Um, but the more fresh content you're putting out, the better off you are in the eyes of Google because your website isn't just sitting there stagnant. Yeah. And just to, to add to that with the Counting Works Pro AI tools, one of our templates is writing blog articles. And what's great is we have trained RAI. And what's different about RAI than ChatGPT, we use OpenAI as a backend for us, but we put on a layer of kind of basically a, a library, a knowledge base of all the content we've ever created. I'm talking like 5,000 you know, articles that we've written, all the continuing education courses that we've done, all the guides we have, all the tax guides. 
Um, we've loaded all of this into our engine. And basically, you name it, we've probably written about it before. So we've trained our AI on the topics that you're writing about in the tax and accounting space. So what's great about our AI tool for the blogging is you can give it a tone. We were, we were having some jokes and doing the comedic tone for some of the articles writing about, you know, uh, 529 plan savings and what it comes up with, but it, it can show personality and it can do a really good job of throwing together blog articles that you could target certain audiences. There, the information is there, so it, it gets you to a good starting point. You might need to edit a little bit here and there, but if you want to do some custom blogging, I, I highly recommend that. Uh, the next most important section of your site is geared towards social proof. So, what do I mean by social proof? Client testimonials, reviews, case studies. So. I always say your client does the selling better than you could ever do it, right? So even though Rebecca could write magical words, it's not the same as if someone can read through your testimonials. And specifically, if you're in a vertical, they're going to hear from like, you know, they're, they're cronies. They're people that they hang out with. They're, you know, so they're going to see these people trust you. They're going to hear of, oh, this is my pain point and they solved it. You know, these are real world, world examples. So it's really helpful um, and then you, what you're going to want to do is, is share these quotes as well. So this is an area that now you can put these on social media. You can make them part of ad campaigns. So it really helps build trust and credibility. You know, again, whether that person landed on your website from a search query or um, they were referred to you, it's just validated right away. It's kind of like a third party saying, yes, this is a good professional um, to work with. So I'm going to leave one other element about... Um, Content creation, we love storytelling. We like hearing success stories, personal narratives. Um, when you're writing blog articles, writing about a client that you helped and how it helped them, those type of things resonate with your audience on their website when they're you know kind of validating whether they want to work with you or not. So definitely think about that when you're putting together your content strategies. All right, so we're moving into Rebecca's favorite part, which is going to be SEO strategies. Um, and first of all, what is SEO, search engine optimization? And quite frankly, let's say 10 years ago, it was more of a game. Like you could game the system and you could cheat and you could get ranked very well. The algorithms have gotten so smart that they see right through all of this. So it's not really that complex, but there are a lot of elements that are going to feed whether or not you rank well. So the best example to understand how rankings work is think of Google's whole business is getting as many people using their tool as many times as possible. So if they're starting to put out um, poor quality recommendations, because that's really what they're doing, they're saying, hey, this person's looking for information about X, and I'm going to try to get them the best matches for where that information or what that query is. So if they're putting out a brand, for example, that has bad phone numbers or addresses or has poor reviews, that looks poorly on Google, right? So they're gonna use their algorithm to say, okay, is this brand trusted? Do they know what they're talking about? Um, do others believe in them? Are they putting out a lot of content? Are they fresh? Are they active, right? So these are all the components that make up what search engine optimization is all about. So at CounterWorks Pro, we've kind of mastered this. We know exactly what the key elements are. They change. The algorithm changes all the time. But to be honest, there's some really basic stuff that you need to worry about. Um, and let's start. We're gonna we're gonna rank each one of these and talk about them. So we're gonna start with keyword research. So Rebecca, explain what keyword research is and why it's important. So keyword research matters because 
especially when it comes to localization, different keywords for different niches, different professionals, different firms are going to matter. So like when I'm doing keyword research for a client, for example, I talk to them first, I get to know what they're all about. I get to know what their primary services are. Then I research what the high volume keywords are in their area and what they have a good opportunity to rank for. And then we make sure that they're optimized for that, that their about us page is optimized for those terms, that their metadata is optimized for those terms to help improve click-through rate. I give them some suggestions for blogs. They could write custom content that's related to terms that they have a high likelihood of ranking well for. And that will differ from location to location and niche to niche. So that's why doing actual research matters. Um, You don't necessarily want to assume that people are searching, you know, virtual CFO services Dallas, um, and then find out that that's not the search term that's frequently being used, that maybe part-time CFO is much more commonly searched or fractional CFO is more commonly searched. It's important to figure out what language people are using where you are. Um, Also, things like tax professional near me. You want to just kind of research everything, figure out what you have a good opportunity for, and then optimize for that. And I'm going to throw out another thing here. There's also a thing called long tail keywords and a long tailed search term. So a lot of times people think of, you know, CPA Las Vegas, but people might be doing much longer queries. So they're doing a full sentence when they search. So there's a lot of times you can rank for maybe lower search volume, but there's less competition. You're going to rank higher. So 100% think about that. And that kind of leads into local SEO. And so there's broad terms. Let's go back. So there are terms that are what I'm going to call, you know, nationwide. Well, I don't want to find, I don't want to get, I I have clients anywhere in the country, right? So we get that. So we've been talking about that. In the national searches, then you have niche players. So you're targeting a specific audience. You're going to look for keywords that go around that. But then there's others that are just, hey, I'm in the local area. I want to be the local small business CPA, for example. So then you're now talking about local issues. So there's going to be the first thing you're going to need to worry about is Google business. And the reason, and then there's Apple business as well. But the reason you're doing that is Google owns, obviously, the search results and the real estate on it. They have their Google Maps tool and they have their Google profile. So when you search, that those listings are going to be near the top, right? So when you're trying to optimize for local, there's a couple different things you need to do. So the first one is you're going to want to optimize your Google business uh, profile. Um, it's important to have fresh content on there. There's ways to optimize the keywords that you're doing. There are some issues with city centers on how you're going to um, index, you know, basically how you show on search, but you're going to want to start there. In addition, um, there's a little trick of the trade, so to speak, that Rebecca, and we actually have a an AI tools uh, template built for this too, is how to write a local SEO landing page. So what does this mean? Well, let's say you're in Boston, but you have three different areas in Boston that you want to target. Well, if you create local SEO content and local SEO pages, you're going to index for those because you're going to be talking about um, local landmarks. You're going to be talking about businesses in that area. And Rebecca, give a little more clarity on kind of how we do this um, and how it really helps our clients. Yeah. So especially in large metro areas, local search, geolocation are huge. Um, We use Boston's Back Bay a lot as an example because a very well-known neighborhood, a lot of people have heard of it. So let's say that, that that's where you're based and you're wanting to rank very well for that exact neighborhood, that exact part of the city. If you do some blog posts, some local SEO work that relates specifically to the Back Bay, Google's gonna love that because not only is it showing that you understand 
what you're doing and you're providing value from a service standpoint, but it's going to show that you know the area, you're wanting to connect with people there. And Google loves that. Um, Like Lee said, Google basically is in the business of customer service. They want people to come back. So if you know an area really well and someone is searching for back bay CPA and you have blog posts related to it and content related to it, it's going to help you skyrocket very, very quickly compared to doing other things. I thought we talked about it because I have relatives in Boston. More importantly, the back bay in Newport Beach, where I walk <laughs> probably every other day. Um, but we do use that that uh, that example quite often. So let's pivot to the next thing on SEO, um, backlink. And what that means is getting yourself a link from another high quality, high domain authority site. We do this with our clients on our TaxBuzz um, community website. So on taxbuzz.com. And you don't. You can be even a freemium user and, and post, but we allow our users to post content. Um, basically, they can blog inside TaxBuzz. You can write about a specific area of service that you're doing. Um, but what this does is this is an example of a backlink to you. So you can link to your website from TaxBuzz's high domain authority website. And this is a signal to Google from um, TaxBuzz that, hey, this is a, re- a reputable source. This is a trustworthy um, brand, right? So this is going to help you in the algorithm. You're going to rank higher. Okay. So there's a couple of ways you can earn these. We're going to talk about them in a little bit. Um, and I'm just going to jump in it now is, uh, the PR side. Okay. And this is more getting into, um, kind of the inbound links that come from PR. So we offer our VIP, uh, clients, basically uh, PR services, right? So we get, today we had three, I think three different requests, go banking rates. We had one from CNET the other day of requests for professionals to give information or give quotes. I want your opinion about a specific thing that's trending. And this is the same thing. These media companies will use you and you may not get a link from this, but that citation, that mention of you being announced in a Go Banking Rates article is huge, right? So that's part of the algorithm. It's really important. So um, if you're not obviously a client of ours, you're going to use a service like Haro, H-A-R-O, help a reporter out. You might start reaching out to your local um, media and just basically introduce yourself. Hey, I'm a, I'm a CPA. I'm an enrolled agent in the area. I'd love to help you in any way if you're writing about any tax and financial. You can always pitch them some ideas. That helps. It helps them with content as well. So definitely think about backlinking, inbound links, PR. These are all SEO um, variables that go into the algorithm side. So I'm going to go into real quick user experience and site speed. Site speed is going to be, hey, if it takes your website a long time to load, Google doesn't like that. And people don't like that because they're sitting there waiting for it, right? So what happens is, guess what? Google is going to favor sites that load faster. That's a better user experience. Um, it's essential. Uh, when we come to user experience, I'm talking a little bit more about how you put all your content together. Um, often we see websites are just completely cluttered. People don't know what to do, where to navigate. They don't know where to scroll. That becomes what's considered a poor user experience. That means they're spending less time on your website. That is another part of, uh, it's another raking signal. Uh, we've talked about citations earlier, name, address, phone number, but now let's talk about reviews, social signals. Um, reviews, to me, are the biggest low-hanging fruit on any accounting firm. So the first thing I would do as a tax pro and accounting firm, if I did not have a strong review profile, 
I would go into my database. I would look at my clients, make sure I like all the people I'm going to email, but I would create an outbound email. I would ask my clients to review me on the most popular review sites in your area. So Google business, taxbuzz.com, if it's Yelp in your area, and send out an email and say, hey, my business is built on word of mouth. Positive experiences help my practice grow. It gives me feedback on how we're doing. It makes me feel like we're making a difference. And if you feel that I have made a difference in your life, please share your story, right? So my goal is to create better financial outcomes for you and people that you know. So if you could leave me a review, that's great. So that is a signal to Google. In addition, social signals are, I don't think we're back out. It's getting like below 5% on social signals as far as the yeah. algorithm. What is, but explain what a social signal is. So essentially, social signals will be mentions of you on social media, um, things like that, your name coming up in social media posts. The only case in which a social signal can play a massive role is if you have something go viral. Let's say you post a TikTok, it goes viral, it drives 10,000 people to your website in a single day. Google's going to notice that. And then you could see an uptick based on a single social signal. But it still matters. The more times you're getting mentioned, the more engagement you're getting, the better off you're going to be. I tell clients a lot that social media doesn't really have a huge direct effect on their rankings, but it definitely has an indirect effect because it's getting their name out there. If people Google you, they find you, then they're looking you up on social. Having kind of like that robust social media engagement is still going to help because it's going to show them that you don't just have reviews. You also have a community of people who actually follow you and pay attention to what you're doing. So big takeaway, we've given you kind of the basics of SEO, um, but I'm going to say what people don't realize is is, is not a overnight thing. Um, organic SEO takes a minimum, at minimum, three months to start showing. Six to 12 months is I you know ideal of what it takes really to start seeing a major difference. And what's the beauty about this, and the clients that have been with us a long time know this, we have clients ranking hundreds of pages, page one for different keyword sets, because they've been with us for so long. And it just builds over time. And unlike a Google AdWords campaign that you'd have to turn on, and once you turn off, the spigot's off, organic SEO, what we're talking about today, continues to build upon itself for years and years and years to come. So if you get some really good content that's ranking well, you know, it, in year one, it brings you X number of visitors, but over time, it might even generate even more and more. So as, as you dominate the search results, it's a big deal. So definitely think about all these things. All right, we're going to pivot a little bit now to kind of building trust and credibility for your website. And what are the things that help do that? Um, it's crazy to me, but believe it or not, there are clients, competitors of ours that offer websites that are not SSL secure. What is SSL secure? When it says with a little lock in your browser, it's HTTPS. Um, a lot of times they make you charge more to get it. It should be common. It's inexpensive. Every website should be SSL secure. Specifically when you're in the tax and county space, what do you think that says to a prospect if they hit your website and your website's not secure? So that's like, a biggest red flag ever that I'm not going to sign up for your contact form. Well, I wouldn't want to work with you if you're not going to secure my data. Why would I want to give you my financial data, right? So SSL security certificates um, are a big trust seal, makes a big deal. Um, in addition, you got to think about ADA compliance. We have a built-in ADA compliance in our tools. Um, that is it basically think of it, it makes the fonts bigger. It makes it easier to read for people with disabilities. Um, it is 
perhaps a, a ranking factor. I believe it was in the 2021 update, but it is uh, okay. It is a ranking factor as well. So uh, definitely something to think about. You can also have do list your certifications. Um, do add background about what you you know. It, it, so certified public account. What is a certified public account? Enrolled agents. You know your tax is specific. You know, make sure you're proud about that brand and what that's behind you, because it also is another trust signal to Google that, you know, you're not just um, a ghost tax preparer, for example, you're an enrolled agent and you've done these things to get that um, certificate. So I think that's really important. Understand also, you want to make sure that you're compliant with the IRS FTC safeguards. There's a lot of different things. And that comes if your site doesn't have SSL security, doesn't have a privacy, doesn't have terms of service. Those are things that are kind of red flags also to Google and to users. So we're trying to give you kind of um, what are elements on your website that need to be there in, in order to give those trust and compliance things. So those are kind of some basic ones. Um, so let's get into website maintenance and updates. Rebecca, why is fresh content important? Because it shows Google that you are continuing to provide value to people who visit your website. If your last blog post was in 2021, for example, they're going to think that your site has just been sitting stagnant, that you're not providing new content, that you're not up to date. And this is especially important in the Your Money, Your Life space. If you've listened to Lee and I do podcasts before, you've definitely heard us talk about that. But Your Money, Your Life is basically anything related to finance, to health, anything that could really affect a person's overarching well-being. Google takes authority. They take reputation very, very seriously in this space. As a tax and accounting professional, you fall into YMYL. So it's extra important for you to be putting out things that are fresh, that are relevant, that are just going to help you gain authority and show Google that you're putting out reliable, reputable content. Secondarily, people who follow along as you start to build a social media following or you have people who read your blog, they want to see new content. Nobody wants to follow along with someone who's only posting something every three to four months. Everything she said is correct. So that's good. All right. Um, so we're going to pivot a little bit. We've given, I, I'm going to call, we've been giving some like overreaching high level SEO information, but now we're going to say, hey, the reality is it's very crowded out there. And if you are a generalist, meaning that you try to take on every single type of client, it's much more difficult to stand out online. We are successful with local SEO where there's other tricks of the trade that we know, but one of the most successful ways to get a large audience very quickly is to niche down. So whether that be service specialization or a target audience focus, that's what we mean by niching down and why it works. So there's a perceived um, belief from people that visit your site that if you're a niche player, and I'll give you the example of an entertainment lawyer. So I have a generalist CPA based in, in Burbank, and I have another uh, entertainment CPA in Beverly Hills. And I'm in the entertainment industry. I'm in production. I'm a producer, whatever. Uh, I'm looking to out, you know, off, offload most of my work, do my bill pay, do everything. If I was interviewing people, the reality is I'm probably going with the entertainment specialist versus the generalist in Burbank. The Burbank CPA might know just as much or not more probably charges less, uh, but you're not going to be able to attract as many clients. And by niching down um, and specializing, you're going to have more of the same type of client. This makes it easier for you to do your job, right? So there's less specialization, the knowledge, each new client, you don't, don't have to relearn, right? Um, so 
it does a, a few things that we're going to talk about. It. So one, it creates expertise, a perception of expertise and authority. It's It creates authority for you and your brand in Google's eyes, which is important. When you niche down or specialize in a service, you have less competition. So instead of being a generalist where I'm going against the 600,000 other people battling it out, I'm now narrowing down my focus where, you know, I'm going after expats in Israel, for example. That's a much tighter market. It's easier to dominate. There's less competition, easier to stand out. It also lets you tailor your messaging, um, which I think is so important because a lot of sites people go to and there's just it doesn't speak to me at all. If you're talking to everybody, you're talking to no one. So explain a little bit, Rebecca, if you could kind of what a tailored message means. Yeah, so it kind of goes back to what we were talking about with storytelling, and you want people to really be able to put themselves in the shoes of whatever your content is about. Um, so if you're just providing general messages about taxes and accounting and, oh, we can prepare your 1040, whatever, that people see that 5,000 times a day, especially during tax season. It's not going to have any meaning. It's not going to hit home. If you're writing things about pain points that are specific to a particular group of people, if you're reaching out with information that is specific to tax deductions that are going to matter to them or tax credits that are going to matter to them, information maybe they don't know, you're really going to be able to appeal to those people, make them see the you understand what you're talking about and that you can help them and provide them with a valuable service. They're going to be willing to pay more. And it's the power of perception. You're presenting yourself as someone who is in the know, as someone who understands these particular issues they're dealing with. And there's really nothing that matters more than getting someone's attention that way. All right, perfect. I uh, We're going to pivot a little bit to an area that we've done. A, we did a, a podcast on this previously. But I think it's important if you did not go through the common tax and accounting website mistakes um, and you're not aware of this, you may be um, guilty of these right now. And if you're listening to this podcast, these are going to be good takeaways. So we talked about the importance of keyword research. But you know what? One of the biggest things people do is keyword stuffing. And what do we mean by keyword stuffing? Um, that's where you're just shoving words into your H1 tags or your titles, your meta information. And the content itself may not even be about what your your keywords are. So you're you're stuffing a bunch of keywords in, and then the content is about something else. Um, that's not going to rank very well. Google's not going to like that at all. Um, it's going to be confusing, and that's why we said don't put all your services on one service page. That's why you should have individual services. So it um, it leads to a better user experience. Okay, and it's more natural. So people sometimes try to throw in keywords into their copy and it's just, you read it and it's like, oh my God, did someone really try to shove that term, you know, um, you know, Dallas CPA all over the place and they have it 16 times in a page. At some point, every, the reader and Google is going to go, okay, you're stuffing. So bad idea. Um, another one we see quite often is okay to have multiple websites or landing pages if they are targeting completely different audiences. Um, so this is a fine line. A lot of times Rebecca will kind of talk to clients, but what we'll find is people have the same brand and they have a couple of websites, whether they forgot one or not. And Google doesn't know which one am I supposed to rank? You're competing against yourself. So why would you put that juice in there? Uh, that's another common mistake. Uh, the other one is not paying attention to my reviews, having one-star reviews, not responding to reviews. That's another one. Um, the biggest one we see when we get new clients is generic websites. So why is a generic website where I just have a, a comma and then 
all eight of my designations, and I'm just talking about myself, um, not convert as well? Why does that not attract the type of client base that you would like? Are you, I, That's for you, Rebecca. You're answering that. <laughs> you didn't say my name. I thought you. Were I didn't asking. have to. I'm leading you in. I'm saying, hey, Rebecca. <laughs> no, it matters because, as we've said, niching down, having that tailored custom content is really going to matter. Um, also, you're not going to rank as well if you just have a generic website. Google's not going to know what you're all about. They're not going to know where to put you. It's just, it's not helpful to anyone. It's not providing valuable content to people who find you. It's not providing valuable content to Google. And it's not serving you as a professional when you can do better and you provide better services than what your website is telling the world. So generic copy, bad. The other thing, bad, lack of branding. Um, and this is also inconsistency of your branding. So your brand, you should stand for something. Um, you should have a something that's identifiable. I often say it's like a political campaign. You have two talking points. And if you keep repeating them over and over and over again, that's when it starts working. Um, but you need to have a takeaway. You want someone that comes away with a you know, we always call, there's a book called The Purple Cow. It's about basically the idea of a purple cow standing out, right? So how do I stand out as a tax and accounting firm from the masses without taking too much risk? Uh, accountants are risk adverse, but the reality is the firms that are really doing well are standing out. They're positioning themselves. They're not following the herd and copying everyone else. I want a website that looks exactly like them. Why? Then you're going to be competing. All you're doing is you're competing for generalist you're basically in the commodity business. And if that's the type of firm you want to build, go for it. But I think there's a lot more opportunity by distinguishing yourself. Um, the other one is uh, a mistake we see often is the DIY fails. And what I mean this is it might be less expensive to DIY something. The reality is you're not a designer. You're not creative. You're not a copywriter. You're not a brander. Um, you definitely don't know the SEO side. And what you'll end up doing is you might build this website that uh, you get out there, the colors don't work exactly. It's kind of awkward. It's, it's a little bit of a weird user experience. But more importantly, you build it and you launch it and you never go back to it. And you don't maintain it. There's not fresh content. that You're not, you're not revising your material um, to give the search engines more reasons uh, to rank you, basically, right? So... That is a big I, I fail, and we often see it. I call them dinosaur sites where you know you go to a blog and they wrote the first three articles. They're all excited. I'm going to write my own blog article, but that was from 2019, and there hasn't been a fresh one since then. And I think it really dates your firm when it comes to a prospect or a referral, and they go onto your your blog and they see that, right? And more importantly, do you know that your email newsletter from your blog? Um, is going to be your most successful lead generator and client retention tool. It's going to create uh, more referrals than any other thing that you do. So that's kind of a little bit of a takeaway. Uh, so that's our kind of our cliff notes of um, how to build a, a high uh, producing website for the tax and accounting space. Um, we do have a blog article on countyworkspro.com that's all about this. Obviously, if you're listening to the podcast, we have some examples of some um, high-performing websites, what a niche website looks like. So you get a general idea of what high-end photography looks like. Um, so it's a big deal, right? It's a reflection of your expertise, uh, your trustworthiness, you know, your commitment to client success. It really um, communicates a lot of those things to your audience. So if you are interested in upping your own website before this tax season, um, please visit us at countyworkspro.com. 
you can uh, either demo our product through a product uh, specialist or talk to our um, sales team and then kind of walk you through which which tool is the right tool for you. You know, which website should you go with? What package? What are you trying to accomplish? So we'd love to see you and hear from you. It's countingworkspro.com um, or it, it visit our website for thought leadership at taxbuzz.com. Um, but thank you again for joining us for this. Um, we try to keep this one a little bit uh, shorter, which I think is great. Hopefully there's a lot of great takeaways here. Uh, Rebecca, anything you want to add before we shut down? Nope, I'm good. Thanks for joining us, everyone. All right. Thank you again. We'll see you at the next one.